Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. It is my right as a Christian to be a blessing to others. I have been given, you have been given a God-given directive to give your life away, to share it with others, to be kind, to show the good things of God to everyone. It's not a duty to do good to all other people. It's actually a privilege. It's actually a great responsibility. It's actually something that you and I both have and can do that we've been given so much. But here's the thing. It's not actually for us. It's to give it away. It's to give it away. In doing so, in doing so, the church stands completely opposed to the world and its selfish nature and its ambition. Here's the great thing about my life. I'm not looking out for my life. I'm actually looking out for you. I'm actually looking out for your life. When the world says, it's all about me, the Bible encourages me to prefer you. It's amazing, isn't it? So the world says, well, get all you can. Get your instant fame. Get your possessions. But the Bible tells me in the book of Acts, from the example of the early church, that they shared everything they had. That when they saw need and they saw lack, that they went away and sold what they had, and they shared it out amongst themselves. When the world says, get all you can, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Why are you giving your money away? That's crazy. He said, no, this is the key to life. I'm giving myself away. I don't live for myself. I live for other people. It's important in these days that we don't let selfishness and isolation creep into the church. Would you turn to the Word of God with me, please? Would you turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 11? I'm going to read this morning from the New Living Translation. Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 17. We'll start there. Your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Evil people get rich for the moment, but the reward of the godly will last. Godly people find life. Evil people find death. The Lord hates people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Evil people will surely be punished, but the children of the godly will go free. A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. The godly can look forward to a reward, while the wicked can expect only judgment. Verse 24, give freely and become wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. I love the book of Proverbs. Perhaps we don't turn to it very often on a Sunday morning. It doesn't always have the greatest flow, the greatest narrative. There are 31 chapters of Proverbs, if you've never read it. On average, I think there's 31 days in a month. My father always told me, if you want to get wisdom, take a chapter of Proverbs and read it every day. Each one is a little morsel that you can chew on. And apply it to your life. Sometimes you read them and you go, I agree with that. The next one you, agree, you read it and you go, oh, that hurts. Now, okay, change is coming. But they're great. You can apply them. But they don't always flow so well. You're talking about the good. Then you're talking about the bad. Then you're talking about money. And you're talking about marriage. And then the next verse you're talking about relationships. Then in the next verse you're talking about ants. 
And you think, how, how am I going with this? It's, it's, it feels quite disjointed. I want to tell you this about the book of Proverbs. It's all prefaced by Proverbs chapter 1, where wisdom personified is a, a voice crying, listen to me. Take wisdom, people. Take wisdom. I'm going to give you some wisdom this morning. The book of Proverbs is a book of contrasts. You have the good and the bad, the righteous and the unrighteous. You have the trusting husband. You have the shamed husband. You have the worker. You have the sluggard. You have the excellent wife. You have the dripping tap. You have the righteous, the unrighteous. You have the encourager. You have the mocker, the scoffer. You have the wise. You have the foolish. You have the generous and you have the stingy. And each plays off against each other and gives you a choice with every proverb, which one do you want to be? And if you're on the wrong side, adjust your life so you can be on the right side. God wants us to be generous. I want to concentrate on verse 24 and verse 25 this morning. I'll read them again to you. It says this, verse 24. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. This is my message today. He who refreshes others will he himself be refreshed. I've already told you that as the body of Christ, you're not here for you. You're here for one another. Let me tell you this. When you refresh others, you will be refreshed. That's what it's about today. You're here to refresh Does anybody want to be refreshed this morning? Then here's the key for you. Refresh other people. Why? Simple principle in the Bible. He who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed. Okay? Say that with me. He who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed. He who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed. That's how we're supposed to live. We're called to live according to the example that Christ gave us. Jesus Christ, who didn't consider himself equal with God, who gave himself away. Who gave himself away. Washing the feet of others, serving others, always aware of needs. That's how you and I are supposed to live. A few weeks ago, T was sharing the word of God with us. And he used this illustration of the heart. And it stayed with me ever since. The heart is a a wonderful uh, example of how we're to live. It receives blood in one valve. It pumps blood out another valve and holds on to nothing for itself. Yet it has all it needs. It has all that it needs. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. We place so much emphasis on the heart, even the way we speak. You know, in in my heart of hearts, I love you. Your heart has a heart? Well, that's not what I meant. I meant from the bottom of my heart, I love you. Your heart has a bottom? Because, no, what I mean to say is this. Well, Jesus lives in my heart. You have an accommodation block in there? But we understand, don't we, that the heart is central. There's something so central to us and our lives. We put lots of emphasis on it. Well, so does the Bible. You may have heard of this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. God has put eternity in the hearts of man. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The heart is really important physically and spiritually. It's central to my functioning. 
And if it dies, I die physically and spiritually. Children of God, you would do a great service to yourself to look at the principles of the heart in Scripture and make sure your heart is right. But isn't it amazing that right in the center of my being, God has placed a daily reminder, a beating, pumping reminder of how I'm supposed to live my life. Blood comes in, blood flows out. Blood comes in, blood flows out. Blessing flows in, blessing flows out. Refreshing flows in, refreshing flows out. And I, I've got everything that I need, yet I hold on to nothing for myself. Why? Because I'm called to give myself away. He who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed? And that tells me something important. It tells me that the means of your refreshing is actually in your hands. I don't say this to condemn anyone. There's no condemnation for me and there certainly is no condemnation for Jesus Christ. I say these things to lift you up and encourage you. But I know of many Christians who are hurting, who are tired and weary and feeling hard done by waiting on a miracle. And the key word there is waiting. Yet God has prescribed a way for us as his body to function so that there would be no lack amongst us. So that all would be refreshed. There are principles in scripture where you suddenly find that God has put the means to your breakthrough in your hands. Let me read you some. I need an answer. Well, Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. I need a breakthrough. Well, knock and the door shall be opened. I need direction. Seek and you shall find. I need help. Sow and you'll reap. I need peace. Abide in me. And I will abide in you. I need strength. Return to me, says the Lord, and I will return to you. I need Jesus in my life. Then repent and be baptized. And I will give you my Holy Spirit. I need refreshing. Refresh others and you will be refreshed. He who refreshes others will he himself be refreshed. The Bible's full of examples. Examples where characters that we know and we love, where they've needed, they've been on right on the edge of victory and not knowing how to break through. And God says, well, actually, you've already got the means to it. Moses, I want you to go and go to Pharaoh and say, set my people free. Well, who am I and what do I have? And well, what is that in your hand, Moses? Well, it's just a staff. I've had this every day. We'll see what I can do with that staff. The disciples are gathered there. Jesus has been teaching And suddenly they realize we should really send these people away to get some food because they've traveled a long way. And there's, well, there's thousands of them. And Jesus says, well, you feed them. Well, we've only got this. We'll give it to Jesus Christ and see what he can do. Jesus tells the parable of the sower, not the rambler who walks around aimlessly, but who realizes that in his hand has everything he needs for his future. But it counts. If it stays in his hand, it will never produce anything. But the moment he gives it away... It will produce. It will produce. You have the means in your hand, body of Christ, to receive everything that you need. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? This week, when you meet with life groups, what's in your hand? When you're on the bus, on the commute, driving to work, going to lectures, on your way to school, what's in your hand? Refresh others. Give it away. It's not for you. Give it away. God is faithful to supply all your needs. And yet, gain is not our motivation. It's important to stress that. Is there a correlation between the giving of one thing and the receiving other things? I believe yes. I believe and I can point you to times in my life where I've sown finance and I've reaped finance. 
Luke 6 says this, give and it will come back to you. Matthew 7 says, with the measure you use, so it will be measured to you. You sow finance, you reap finance. In the same way, you sow apple seeds, you get apple trees. I believe there is a correlation. I believe it's the same principle. Why do I believe that? I believe that because God's blueprint is wrapped up in creation. Yet as the church, this is the amazing thing about the body of Christ. It's why we're the most distinctive people on the face of the planet. Our motivation is for others. Our motivation is for other people. Zoe and I were talking this time and just remembered times where uh, a need comes to your attention. You hear of someone in a financial need. Uh, need someone needed uh, clothing and, and, and shoes. And another time where there's a, a knock at the door. And you think, well, oh, this is really inconvenient. And I think that's never a heart. You give it away. Yeah. And as you refresh others, the wonderful thing is this. You yourselves are then refreshed. See, were you blessed? Well, the blessing was, first of all, this. The blessing is being used by Jesus Christ to function in the body of Christ correctly. That's such a blessing. That's a privilege. But God is so good that he also blesses you. And Zoe and I have been very blessed in our provision. You are a means of refreshing. It's you. He who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed. And in the body, there should be none who feel parched. There should be none thirsty. You read a passage like that, you read a proverb like that, you have to respond. That he who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. Well, I don't feel refreshed. Okay, key, refresh others. You have to respond. I feel very refreshed. Then keep going. Then keep doing what you're doing. But you have to read that proverb and conclude that this, you are the means of somebody else's refreshing. Somebody else is hanging on, waiting for you to go and give them the word. If you've been refreshed, if you've received from uh, a speaker standing here, from a life group leader, if uh, as parents, if, you're, if you've been blessed because people have been looking after your children, if you drove here this morning and people are looking after your car in all weathers, you have been refreshed. It is their right to receive refreshing. And you are the means of their refreshing. Can I encourage you? Give a thank you. Can I encourage you to be creative? It's a strange thing that in the 21st century that kindness should be a revolutionary act. But it strikes against everything that the world would offer. And yet, it's part of our DNA. Never forget that kindness was what brought you to God in the first place. It wasn't your crying out. It wasn't your coming to a meeting. The Bible says in Romans 2, it was his kindness that led us to repentance. And as we have received, as we have been refreshed, now we need to give it out. That's how we're called to live. You are the means of the church's refreshing. Again, let me emphasize this. The church stands to put the world to shame with its selfishness. And we're to do that with our extravagant gratitude and our giving. This really isn't a three-point sermon, is it? It's a one-pointer. Be refreshed and refresh others. There are those who here this morning... And again, not to condemn anyone because Jesus doesn't put anyone down. But you honestly feel that you have nothing to give. You honestly feel you can't refresh others. I want to bring you a word. Can you turn with me to the book of Jeremiah? I know how that feels, by the way. And if we did a quick survey around this congregation, you would be surprised how many people could relate to that or have related to that in the past. Times where you just feel you have nothing, that you are running on empty. Well, let me give you a clue. 
It's a key for us all for daily living to be the refreshing of those who need it. Jeremiah 17, 5 to 8. This is what the Lord says. Curse to those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Verse 7, but blessed, love those words, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. If you feel you're running on empty and you've got nothing to give away, it's simply this. Commit yourselves to the Lord. Commit yourselves to the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. God has prescribed an order to your life. It's God first. It's others second. And you are still blessed by coming in at third. Jeremiah likens us to trees. And you're either a stunted shrub or a fruitful tree. Well, if you're planted in the Lord, if you're spending time with him, you are a never-ending supply of fruit. You will always have something to give away, whether you recognize it or not. What, little old me? Well, who am I to give something away? I'm not talking about finances. We're too quick to put it in the box of finance. It's got to be a gift, and I don't have extravagant wealth to give away. I can sow a smile to the person at the checkout. You wouldn't believe what that can do to a person. A hello, how are you today? It's refreshing. Why? Because the world doesn't do it. A thank you. That, I really appreciate that. Thank you for your service. That really blessed me. Thank you so much. You'd be amazed what you have that you can give away that will be refreshing to others. But I want to encourage you this. Trust in the Lord, therefore. And make him your confidence. It is recognizing, by the way, that you, in your own strength, can do nothing. It's important you know that. But, the Bible tells me in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Hallelujah. You don't need to turn to this. It's in Isaiah 40. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Can I just put it in a slightly different way? Those who wait upon the Lord, those who refresh, bless, and worship the Lord, the Lord will renew them their strength. They will themselves be refreshed. Are you saying, Dave, that I can... Bless God. Well, let's think about that for a moment. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Well, I think we can. I think we can bless the Lord. Who, me? But I'm so small. And He's just so big. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Of course we can. And in doing so, especially when you feel you've got nothing to give, as you refresh God, you yourselves will be refreshed. As you refresh others, as you bless the Lord, you yourselves will be refreshed.
Can we bless God? Yes, we can. I've got nothing to give. Yes, you do. Church, that's the word this morning. Refresh others. And in doing so, you yourselves will be refreshed. Refresh others. Go and be a blessing. It's a one-pointer. Refresh and refresh others. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for your word. Lord God, we want to say thank you that it's a doing word. Let us recognize, Lord Jesus, Lord God, whatever we need, whatever the breakthrough is, Lord God, we put the means in our hands to be a blessing to other people. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for your word. And as we sing right now, Lord God, we bless you. We say thank you to everything you've done for us, Lord God. You are such a good God. Church, lift your hands to the Lord. Close your eyes. Consider the Lord. How he has blessed you. How he has refreshed you.